Pussycat Lounge, a million miles from nowhere, but right next door to your heart. It does beg the question, what has gone wrong with young Hollywood? Honest to God, what is the problem? Yeah, yeah. Juicy sweatsuits, doing lines in the restroom. All y'all dressed to impress who? Hello and welcome to season two of Lay Do You Remember This, a podcast where we look back on all the stories from Hollywood's best worst decade, the early 2000s. A time in history when America found out that with a trust fund, a sex tape, and a dream, you too could become a star. As always, I'm your host, Dara Lane, and today we'll be bringing you an episode about the cabaret days of the Pussycat Dolls. In 2008, the Pussycat Dolls put to music the feelings of many little girls in America. When we grew up, we wanted to be famous. We wanted to be stars. We wanted to be in movies. Though, now that I am grown up, I would add an addendum that now, in the golden age of television, I'd also like to be on a prestige cable or streaming show. Additionally, we wanted to see the world, drive nice cars, and we wanted to have groupies. No mention of becoming a CEO of a Fortune 500, or a senator, or God forbid president, but they at least had me pegged. The only detail they missed was that I also wanted to grow up to be a pussycat doll, not one of the nameless, faceless ones. And I didn't want to be Nicole Scherzinger, though I'm sure she's very creatively satisfied as a judge on The Masked Singer. No, I wanted to be a pussycat doll in their cabaret show. As you can imagine, I'm someone with a natural proclivity towards the cabaret world, and if Countess Luann has taught us anything, it's that you're never too old and you're never too talentless to jump into the cabaret scene. Personally, I was never a big fan of the Pussycat Dolls band. The music wasn't my favorite and the costumes weren't great. They didn't have the same personality as a girl group like the Spice Girls, but the PCD cabaret show was right up my alley. They performed sexy musical theater numbers. Their choreography was heavily influenced by Bob Fosse. The costumes were influenced by 1930s to 1950s burlesque and had a campy, homemade feel. They danced in life-size champagne flutes, for Christ's sake. But once the dolls went mainstream, I lost interest. Except for the time in 2009 when I made my mom take me to the Pussycat Doll Saloon in Vegas for my 21st birthday. Did I buy merch? Sure. Did that merch include a hat that was some kind of cross between a sailor's and police officer's? Yes. Was it not at all flattering, yet I got it anyway? Uh-huh. Do I still have it ten years later, though I've never worn it? You betcha bottom, bitch. Is it too small for my head? Duh. Is every hat too small for my head? Pretty much. Could I do this forever? Oui, oui, mon chéri. Will I? No. Instead, we will begin our exploration of the dolls by stepping back in time. It was 1995. A homegrown terrorist killed 168 adults and children after bombing the Oklahoma City Federal Building. President William Jefferson Clinton calls for an elimination of affirmative action. An anti-Semite stars in a hit film called Braveheart. It was a dark time, and a young woman named Robin was in her garage working hard to create a dance show that would bring a little light to the world. I didn't have it in my mind to start a band. I grew up as a professional dancer and then 
I became a choreographer. I was living with Christina Applegate, one of my very good friends. And Christina had a dance studio in her house, and I'd go down there and I'd just be like, doing all this choreography and Christina would come down into the studio like it would be like two in the morning and she'd be like what are you doing she said you know I'm friends with Johnny Depp uh, at the Viper Room and she said you know we should go down and show him this I mean this is so incredible it's like you should put together like one full number she had a vision for a throwback burlesque girl group that she would call the Pussycat Dolls an homage to the band the New York Dolls Robin Anton the creator of the Pussycat Dolls started as a dancer for film and TV choreographing music videos on the side. It should also be noted that her brother, Jonathan Anton, was the subject of the 2004 to 2006 Bravo series Blowout, something that I'm sure at least five to seven of you listeners watched and remembered. After she created the Pussycat Dolls, she would go on to be a prolific choreographer in Hollywood. She choreographed Ross and Monica's dance on the New Year's Eve episode of Friends in 1999, and a dance number to the penis song, from the classic film, The Sweetest Thing. What a lovely ride. Your penis is a thrill. Your penis is a Cadillac. A giant coup de bill. Your penis packs a wallet. Your penis brings a load. And when it makes delivery, it needs its own zip code. Nine, double zero, penis. Your but in 1995, she was struggling to make it while her roommate and friend, 24-year-old Christina Applegate, starred as Kelly Bundy on Married with Children. As she said, the Viper Room was a rock club and bar part owned by noted wino and domestic abuser Johnny Depp. At the time, the Viper Room wasn't so unlikely due in the early 2000s. On any given night, you were likely to see a celebrity there. It had an added pull to it that famous music acts would play there regularly, like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, who played the night the Viper Room opened. The club has its own lore that could warrant itself a podcast. Christina Applegate was a regular, Adam Dirtz was a bartender there, and he started working after his band The Counting Crows became famous. Johnny Depp threw Kate Moss's 21st birthday at the Viper Room while they were dating. Leonardo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire would play illegal poker in the back room. These games had a $10,000 buy-in and were run by Molly Bloom. If you've ever seen Molly's game with Jessica Chastain, the Cobra Lounge is based off of the Viper Room. Of course, the most famous incident that ever went down there was the death of actor River Phoenix, brother to Joaquin. It was Halloween night in 1993. River was 23, and he drank something called a speedball, which is heroin and cocaine stirred up in a cocktail like it's some kind of Ovaltine shit, but before you can ask for more, please, you're having a seizure. River stumbled outside the front door and then passed out. People were hesitant to call the paramedics because of his celebrity status, and one report I read alleged that it was actually Christina Applegate who made his brother call, though I can't corroborate that. But you can totally see her doing that. He was taken to Cedar sinai and was pronounced dead soon after. That was a bummer story. I have another story about a Viper Room-related death that is theoretically a bummer because a human life was lost, but the mystery surrounding it sort of outshines the bummerness. I will blow through it so we can get back to the little pussy puss, but you have to hear this. So, this man Anthony Fox was part owner of the Viper Room with Johnny Depp, which, as we mentioned, opened in 1993. The club flourished, and then in 1999, Anthony accused Johnny of hiding millions of dollars in profits from him. He filed a lawsuit, and it went to trial in 2001. Anthony was set to testify against Johnny on December 20th, 2001, but he never made it to court. Instead, the day before, December 19th, 
Anthony went missing. His pickup truck and 38 caliber pistol were also nowhere to be found. 19 days later, the truck was found 330 miles away from his home, but Anthony and his pistol were never seen or heard from again. In 2004, Johnny settled the case and handed over his shares of the Viper Room to Anthony's daughter, who sold them. Weird, right? Does Johnny seem like the type of guy who might kill a witness? Kind of. Did anyone ever even look into his possible culpability in the disappearance? Who knows? Well, there you have it. The Viper Room. A Hollywood late-night landmark with a checkered past and the backdrop for a bona fide unsolved mystery. The perfect place for a cabaret. So after Robin auditioned for Johnny, he gave them their own night at the Viper Room. At this point, the show didn't include any singing. They danced to 10 songs in their act, including hubcaps and taillights from Breakfast at Tiffany's. Christina Applegate would regularly tap dance in the show as a guest star, and Carmen Electra became a regular performer with them. People became obsessed with it fast, and celebrities would regularly come to Robin and her team of dancers to perform. Courtney Love hired them to dance for her then-boyfriend Edward Norton. Elton John hired them to do their act at his famous Academy Awards party. The buzz Robin got from the group afforded her more work in the industry, choreographing TV, movies, and music videos like One Week by the Bare Naked Ladies. She would put all the extra money she made back into buying new costumes for the dolls. In 1999, they gained even more notoriety when the group got a spread in a June Playboy issue. The article and pictorial are a great peek into both what the early days of the dolls were like and the early days of pubic hair landscaping and maintenance. In the introduction to the pictures, a quote from Robin explains the vibe she was hoping to achieve for the group. She said, In this era of strip clubs and lap dancers, the pussycat dolls are the complete opposite. We never go all the way. The men are looking at us and thinking, Whoa, hot chicks, but are they ever going to take it all off? Around 2001, everything changed for the dolls when Gwen Stefani asked to perform with them and instead of just dance, lend her vocal talents. After that, celebrity singing guests became a fixture of the act. By 2002, they were so big that the Viper Room couldn't hold the crowds they brought in, so they moved their act to the Roxy. There, Christina Applegate became their regular MC, and Carmen Electra was a regular dancer. Christina Aguilera did a guest spot and brought MTV cameras with her. Pussycat Dolls is a weekly burlesque show where they have special guest performers. The first time I saw them actually was Gwen Stefani had done it at the Viper Room. It just looked like fun to get up there and do songs that weren't your own. I just got done doing Moulin Rouge too. I was like, wow, it's right up my alley. How do I get into it? So I was a guest performer on the show. In the next clip, the first voice you'll hear belongs to the woman who played Libby on Sabrina the Teenage Witch, who is all dressed up and sitting on the side of the stage on a sexy swing.
Another great scene from this special is Christina Applegate trying to calm other Christina's stage fright before she goes out. Other performers over the years included Brittany Murphy, Kelly Osborne, Paris Hilton, and Gretchen Rossi, a real housewife of the OC and a vocal talent for our generation. In 2003, Interscope Records reached out to them to turn them into a recording group, not unlike the show, with a main singer and backup dancers behind her. At this point, Robin brings in a young Mikey Minden, who we know grows up to become Erica Jane's creative director. He and Robin eventually open up a dance studio together that's still open to this day. In the clip you're about to hear, Mikey is talking to a group of young dancers, telling them how to dress and present themselves as emerging professionals in Hollywood. Let's talk about nails. Girls. Nails. You know? Your hands. Your dancers. Your hands. Boom. Your hands. You know? Clean nails, obviously. I personally like dark nails on girls. I think you should either have light nails or dark nails. Okay, dark nails, I mean, uh, a, a red that is almost black. And how you achieve that is you do one coat of black and one coat of dark, dark red. Okay, it's like what Gwen wears. Let's move on to Gwen. Okay, every girl should look at Gwen all the time and copy her. Okay, <laughs> there is a reason why she is who she is and she is going to be you know, around forever, and her clothing is in her, you know, everything she's doing right now is going to be around forever, and she's such an inspiring artist, and I just think she's so, insp she's so inspiring to me, so I think you guys should be inspired by her. I think every girl, every little girl around the world wants to be her, you know, and I think she's so much cooler, you know, than like someone like, say, take a Britney a couple years ago, or, you know, a Beyonce, or someone like that, who, you know, or not Beyonce, um, you know, one of those other artists, you know, that have stylists that just come in and throw shit on them. And they just, their look changes with whoever stylist they're using or whatever's in vogue at the moment. But Gwen creates, she's fashion forward. She's ahead of the trend, you know what I'm saying? So watch her because she's ahead. So you can kind of pick up on what she's doing, you know? She, she takes, you know, her inspirations, you know, Chola, you know, little like crazy Mexican girls, right? She takes Japanese girls, she takes like Rasta. She takes all her inspirations and then just throws it together. And that's her style. And that's what I do too. I take everything that I like and throw it together and that becomes my style. Mikey does a great job here putting a positive spin on cultural appropriation. After they audition women, they pull together a group led by Nicole Scherzinger. Once the band is formed, their classic live cabaret shows become fewer and farther between until 2008 when Robin opens the Pussycat Dolls Lounge at a remodeled Viper Room. Paris Hilton was a guest performer. Here she is on the red carpet and then on stage. Good to see you. Now you look smoking hot. You're going to be performing with them tonight. Yes, I am. Are you excited? I love the Pussycat Dolls. I've done the show for years now. It's always so much fun and it's exciting that they're bringing it back to the Viper Room. Did you guys rehearse before this? Um, a little bit. We, we, we hung out and uh, tried on the outfit and did a little rehearsal. I mean, is that comfortable? It's latex, so it's very tight and slippery. <laughs> hot. Thank you. Hey boys and sexy bitches. Wow, what a sexy crowd tonight. My little latex outfit kind of turns me on. Well, so we're here tonight. I was so excited when Robin Anton called me and said she wanted to be the first guest at the Pussycat Doll Lounge at the Viper Room. This is where it all began. 
We're bringing it back. We have some hot, sexy new girls. And we have the Pussycat Dolls here tonight. So it's going to be a very hot show. So, ladies, hold on to your gentlemen. And gentlemen, hold on to your ladies, because we are in Los Angeles. So who knows what could happen? All right. Here we go. Love you guys. And keep how can it be that a woman who made her career off of a sex tape is also 0% sexy? If you've seen her sex tape, that onstage delivery isn't so far off from her on-camera delivery. Very flat. So much less charisma and joie de vivre than we see in the Pamela Anderson sex tape. Robin also opened a Pussycat Doll Lounge at Caesars Palace and the Pussycat Doll Saloon at Planet Hollywood, both in Vegas. Pussycat Doll girls dancing on the stage. You've got girls dancing on the bar behind me. You've got girls dancing on our carousel, uh, black, blinged out horses. You know, every little girl's dream is to spin around on a carousel horse. It's really just Every a, girl's uh, dream. Every girl's. Not a single girl doesn't have that dream. In 2010, the Pussycat Dolls, the band, broke up and the Vegas Saloon eventually closed. Robin and Mikey Minden tried to create some other girl groups like GRL, Girlicious, and Paradiso Girls, which never really caught on. Since then, Robin's career has been tainted with controversy, with one member of GRL killing herself. Later in 2017, a woman who was briefly a part of the Pussycat Dolls alleged that Robin was running a prostitution ring that also happened to sing and dance, which sounds like a great Law & Order SVU episode. It was a far cry from the days in the 90s when times were simpler and Johnny Depp wasn't so bloated. I don't think Robin was running a prostitution ring. It was always her aim to keep the act all about implied sex and nudity, giving the people a little taste, but never the whole pussy. Except for the time they did that fully nude Playboy spread, but eh, what can you do? To Robin, the dolls were all about empowering women, all women. I mean, except for the girlfriends of men that you were interested in. So, empowering mostly all women. Whether they were dancing on a black, crystal-encrusted carousel horse at the Pussycat Doll Saloon, or dancing alone in your room in your official PCD merchandise sailor-slash-police hat and garter belt. Because as Robin says, whether you grow up to be a Pussycat Doll or not, there's still a little pussy inside of us all. And what we say in the show is inside every woman is a Pussycat Doll, and it's true. Do You Remember This is researched, written, narrated, and edited by me, Dara Lane. If you haven't already, please subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher and leave a rating and review. You can follow updates on the pod on the Instagram and Twitter. And please, if you like the podcast, share it. Tell your friends. It's true what they say. It takes a village to make me famous. If you have any questions, comments, or show suggestions, please email this at gmail.com. Next week's episode will answer the question, like, what the hell's going on with Brittany? So, you're invited to come back next week. We've got a table, and I've put you on the list for Lay Do You Remember This. A giant cut to bill. Your penis packs a wallop. Your
penis brings a load. And when it makes delivery, it needs its own zip code. Nine double zero penis. Your Got a rhythm. Your penis makes me groove. Your penis is a dream. The biggest one I've seen. It's oozy and it's green. Ew. Sorry. You're too big to fit in here. Too big to fit in here. Too big to fit in here. You're too big to fit in here. Too big to fit in here. Too big to fit in here. Huh? Huh? Your penis is so big. Penis. You're too big to fit in here. Too big to fit.